Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation tinyurl.com slash seeractivation. You can also opt to get these three books, Seer Dimensions. You can get Power Seers. This just came out. Keys to Upgrading Your Prophetic Vision. And you can get Seer Activations with 101 Seer Activations and a whole lot more teaching. I want to challenge you to see what you've never seen before. God wants you to be able to see in the Spirit. Open your eyes to the Seer Dimensions in Jesus' name. Hey there. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm doing great. I'm so excited that you could join us. And what's really exciting is that both of you are going to be a part of Andrew Your Strong and in particular Married to Power, which is the new form that we're introducing um, to Andrew Your Strong um, Summit. And we're going to have a talk um, a face-to-face. It's going to be like a fireside chat. And we're going to be talking about marriage. Marriage is um, uh, under great attack. As you're aware, the traditional marriage uh, is being redefined by society. And uh, people really 
want tools, they want strategies, they want help, they want hope for their marriages. And I, I said, what better people to begin to talk about that needed subject than people that have been um, married for a long time. So how many uh, years have you been married? And by the way, these are my two friends, Bishop Herman and Pastor Herman. They're from North Carolina. North Carolina. They have a thriving church, but one of the things that is so... Um, I think impactful about the relationship is not just what they're doing with the church and what they're doing in the business world, but how long they've been married. And they do have a thriving, growing, successful marriage. And this is why I brought them on. And I, and, and I always have a joke. All my friends, my closest friends are married. And I always was the third wig. I was the only single <laughs> and nobody, nobody noticed it. I mean, you know, they knew I was single, but with all my friends, I was the only single one. And now, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that I'm married. So how many years have you been married? We've been married since 1978. So uh, let's do the math. How many years is that? 40, 41? 41. 41. 41. Wow. That, that's a, that. Four is, decades. Yep. That's a decades. lot of, uh, that's a lot of years. Um, so look for you, what has been your secret to a successful marriage? Wow. Rosa. First thing I would say is that number one, marry someone that you think you can live the rest of your life with. Mm. That would be number one. Number two, marry someone that you can be very honest with and be yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the fallacies that we get into marriage is that, we put this false pretense out. And then when we finally get married, they say, guess who you married? And you have to be friends. You have to be friends because you're going to have some challenges in marriage because marriage itself brings sets of challenges. Uh, so when you have a friend, you can talk about that. You can say, this bothers me. or I don't like when you say this or do that. And being able to communicate that without having such a augmented uh, assignment behind it. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I'm standing in love to make you look good. And I think the number one key for us is helping each other bring out their final qualities that they can be a successful person in this world. Absolutely. I couldn't confirm more. I think if I had to minimize it to just one word for the sake of time, I think the glue is communication. Mm-hmm. Communication, I view it as the bridge that gets you from where you are to where you want to be. So what you want to do is you always want to maintain that. Sometimes you have to go back and check it because it may be some cracks and you need to do some things to keep that line of communication open. So no matter what mm-hmm. challenges you face, mm-hmm. you'll be able to communicate and work through it. Yes, that's really, really true. Communication. Um, being yeah. a couple and you are a power couple. The whole topic this year is married to power. And um, we didn't want to steer the conversation anyway. We wanted to be as organic as possible. Um, But for you, what did you look for in a wife and a woman? That's a two-part question. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to hear this. Okay. Well, let me just say (laughs) we we got together in what I call my BC days. That was before Christ. So my scale was a little bit different, okay? Very much. But I knew I always wanted someone, number one, that I could be a friend to, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, my, my criteria was more on the natural side than it was on the spiritual side. 
So I wanted someone that was beautiful, someone that I could talk to, someone that I could have fun with. And God so blessed me and gave me a beautiful package that contained everything that I wanted in it. So I consider myself highly favored and blessed. <laughs> That's what I was looking And then, in, like I said, my BC day, somebody that you can enjoy being yes. in company. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pastor Rosa, what did you look for or what should a woman look for in a husband and in a man? I think, number one, a woman should look for someone that will respect her mm-hmm. and honor her and love her. Mm-hmm. Those, to me, are the three most important things that most women are looking for. Because, you you know, you can marry someone poor, and most women today have jobs, and you don't have to marry for job security mm-hmm. or for you to take care of me because I can take care of myself right. financially. Mm-hmm. So what I need from you is what money can't do. Mm-hmm. And that's to honor me and to love me and to respect me as mm-hmm. your woman. And mm-hmm. that's honoring me whether I have my makeup on or makeup off, or whether as I get older and I'm not as shapely as I used to be, can you still love me? But you still, mm-hmm. but you're as you're, you're shapely now, if I can interject. Well, I'm still you, sexy. I know that. <laughs> and a confident woman. You always want a confident woman. <laughs> and, you know, not, I, I think portraying to that man who you really are. And you can't portray who you are if you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. at that age when we met, I knew who I was at that stage and I knew mm-hmm. where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I felt strongly that my husband was such a gentleman when I met him. He was opening the door and making sure that uh, I didn't have to pump gas or mm-hmm. go out in the rain. He was always covering me and letting mm-hmm. me know. And even when we got married, I didn't have to wash his clothes or mm-hmm. cook for him. I cooked for him because I wanted to, not because I had to. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't those demands that I... I want you to be a wife that's going to cook every day for me. That was not my uh, desire as a wife because I had gifts as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I look for. I knew who I was as a woman and I wanted someone to enjoy that part of my journey of life with me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Evie was the one that I fell in love with. And then secondly, the other thing is that I didn't want to marry a pastor. Because I was raised, (laughs) God has such a sense of humor. I didn't want to marry anyone who was a pastor because I was, I grew up in a small church. And the thing that they did was that they gossip about the pastor and the pastor's wife and the pastor's kids. And they want the pastor to be poor. And I was like, well, I'm from a poor family. God knows I don't want to live in poverty (laughs) the rest of my life. And I saw church from that perspective. So I said, I would marry someone that was going to be successful in the world where we both could have enough finances that we could enjoy life and mm-hmm. not living from check to check. And mm-hmm. so we married each other. We both were backslidden. I was a backslidden Christian. He was a backslidden Muslim. And so we collided our lives together and God found us on our journey mm-hmm. uh, of us not wanting to serve him because of what we had seen. And then he made us to be an example and a trophy piece for him to go out and tell everyone that marriage is good. Being a Christian is good. And you can be successful and happily married and serving God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This, I mean, 41 years, you're listening to 41 years of experience in marriage. And um, how important is money to marriage? Wow. (laughs) Money, money is important in life. It's a vehicle that you use in the natural and um, money can enhance your marriage. The lack of it can bring some very difficult times, but it's not it's never been our primary objective. You know, money, money is a tool. And so 
the more effective your tool is, the more proficient you can be in what you're called to do. So mm-hmm. that's the way that's the way we see money. And one of the things I've often I've always loved about my, my wife is that money money was important, but it wasn't primary. In other words, when we had a little bit, we found joy and peace. And now that we have a little bit more, we have more joy and more peace. <laughs> that's that's good. That's good. So you have to respect money in a relationship. Yes. Because if not, that money be- can become your enemy in that relationship. Yeah. And so that's something that we learned early in our life. And that was we were going to respect the amount of money that we had in regards to how much we got. We were not going to let money govern us. That money is a tool. Money is a servant to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we look at in our relationship. In 41, in, in 40, 41 years, how, how have you changed as a man and how have you changed as a woman? Oof. Dr. Trev Thomason, what a question. Okay, how have I changed? Uh, I, I would want to think that I've changed for the better. I'm a little boy. Yeah, man. you know, see, I've, <laughs> I've learned to listen and follow the lead. Um, what, I've, what I've found out is that um, money doesn't make the man. Mm-hmm. Money reveals who you really are. Absolutely. So how I changed was as I submitted myself to the word of God and it got inside of my life and began to transform me and develop me into who I am right now. I think that was the greatest point of transformation in my life. And then to have a wife that complements that and willing to adjust to the various live life on stages and get there at different levels. So to be able to celebrate the promotion as it comes, or maybe the time when the promotion did not come, to have an understanding spouse made a tremendous difference. Mm. Tremendous difference in life. Mm, mm. And I give her I give her more than ample opportunities to walk in forgiveness, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he used the last one though. I think he used the last one the other day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And 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 as I said, communication and then forgiveness and some of the things that Rosa talked about, trust and honesty. All of those things are components that make a growing and healthy marriage. And I, I, I don't subscribe to the fact that you ever arrive when it comes to marriage. I think we're constantly growing, constantly evolving, mm-hmm. constantly exploring and discovering. There is so much yet to discover about this woman after four, after four decades. There's still more inside of her that I haven't tapped into yet. And I'm excited to go to the deep well. <laughs> is, is it true and and pastor um rose i'm going to come back to you with the same question but okay. is it true that men need really really need adventure in a marriage men really need pardon adventure and adventure. adventure oh absolutely absolutely men men like excitement men like ad- something adventurous and what happens what we've seen as we've talked to many couples over the years one of one of the things that have led to the stagnation and unfortunately even the demise is that the wife or the or the husband has taken the excitement has taken the adventure out of it. it's become today you know today is wednesday so i know it's spaghetti today's thursday so i know it's meatloaf i know she's going to have the blue dress on i know she's going to have the yellow dress on or whatever it is but you want to be exciting you want to be vibrant you want to keep him guessing 
That's mm. that's what that's what I love about her. She keeps me guessing. Well, he oh, never yes. knows what I'm gonna look like from day to day. You know, I might have short hair today, long hair next <laughs> week. So, which girl do you want? Yeah. I'm available. Yeah. Oh, and yes. uh, just just keeping the excitement in your marriage, and because you're forever evolving. What I used to like when I was 23 and 24, I don't like at the age that I am today because mm-hmm. that was exciting for me then. Is because I'm more mature. That doesn't excite me anymore. And always, I believe what Bishop and I work hard on is studying each other. We study. I watch his patterns. I like what I want to know what he like and what he doesn't like. Absolutely. And uh, knowing that I was once a mother having babies and we're waking up in the middle of the night. Now, that can keep if you can live through having babies and waking up at two or three o'clock in the night and say, I'm not getting the baby this time. You get the baby. You hear the baby crying? No, I don't hear the baby crying. You know, <laughs> if you can live through that stage and then live through um, taking them to school and picking them up and doing homework and, you know, they're lying so they did their homework and they didn't do their homework. And you're trying to figure out when you're going to have your intimacy with your spouse again. Those to me are some of the most trying times, a decade of that, that you go through. And then you go through the decade of the teen years. And then you get to the fun part of your house. You have an empty nest. That to me is where you begin to uh, redefine who you really are in your marriage college tuition, daycare bills, pamples, who going to watch the kids. Now it's just us. And what happens in so many relationships is that they get so involved into raising their children that they forget they have a spouse. Absolutely. And so mm. you want to keep that excitement. You have to have date nights. And that's something that we still work on today is that we have date nights. And this way we're going to go to a movie or we're going to go out to eat or we're going to go somewhere well, we're getting out of the environment that we are so familiar with, which is sometimes our home or out with someone else. Just he and I alone, just letting them know that, hey, I still love you and we're getting older, but I still love you. And I'm a, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and enjoy life. Absolutely. I don't want to be my age and having arguments. You know, you yeah. want to enjoy each other. This is, you know, you're, this is the season of enjoyment when you don't have mm-hmm. the kids and when you don't have mm-hmm. to take care of anybody. We just loving on each other. At this stage, and communicating. Okay, that's that's really really good. Uh, I want you to compare two stages. Okay, Uh, were you aware the first couple of years in your marriage, and where you are now? And and from that context, I want to ask a question: What did love look like then, and feel like look like and feel like then? And compare it to what love looks like and feel like now. Wow. Wow. Well, let me say this, love. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, I am glad you asked that question. Love means so much more to me now than it did 20, 30 years ago. It was as important as it was then, mm-hmm. but the significance and the essence has really changed because I love her not for what she can do, but for who she is mm-hmm. and what emanates out of Rosa more and more. Um, all of the other attributes, the physical part of it, that's still there. We and we enjoy that. But I love the person behind the body. In other words, we know scripturally, you know, we're, we're tripart beings. We are spirit. We have a soul and we live in the body. 
the body will change over a period of time. We do everything we can to tuck tight, do whatever we got to do to keep everything right. And that's beautiful. And you, and you need to work on that because I tell women all the time, men are primarily moved by sight. Mm-hmm. Women yeah. are primarily moved by words, but women are by men are moved by sight. So you want to keep yourself attractive. But at the end of the day, if something shifts or something changes, it's what's internal. Mm-hmm. So love to me now emanates from the inside out. But again, like I said initially, I love it when it comes in a beautiful package. Uh, <laughs> so you can see he's moved by his flesh. <laughs> and which is really good because um, the thing that I love about Bishop Nat is far greater than what it, what it was when I was dating him. We both were young when we got married. And so I was married because uh, I wanted someone to love me for who I was and uh, meeting my needs and uh, loving him enough that I would overlook his weaknesses, some of his mm-hmm. character flaws that he had at that age. And am I willing? I had some character, some character flaws. You had a whole bunch. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, okay. We're not going to get into that. Okay, we're not. We're not you had a whole bunch. Okay. You know, at the point that I was like, did I marry the right person? And then, you know, we would make up and I said, oh, yes, I did. Oh, yes, I did. You know, it's a saying, saying, it's a saying that says love is blind. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You see some areas in your, in your boyfriend's life. And you go, well, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. And then when you get married, that's when the, the veil re- are removed from your eyes. And you go, oh, my <laughs> God, this is what I have. Yeah. And then love help you to walk through that. And so I have evolved from that little girl of goosebumps to the, the man that I see that he is now, that I've seen him go through different trials and tests and obstacles in his life that has helped me to define who he is as a man that I'm loving him more than just the fleshly side, but loving his inside, his mind, his soul, yeah, yeah. his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what I like. How, that's what I like the most is how he has evolved through all the different stages in his life and still standing that he still give me goosebumps. Like he was away for seven days mm-hmm. and uh, he went away to do some fasting and praying for us. And uh, when he came back, I felt the little goosebumps. Like, oh, I'm so glad he's home. And uh, I was like, I'm still. You, you felt goose goosebumps. I felt more than goosebumps. What did but, you feel? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're we're on we're on public media. That's we okay. can't. Somebody no, we can't say that. We okay. can't say that. <laughs> but as you can see, we still get those feelings for each other. And you know what? The good thing is that nobody's in our house right now. It's just Bishop and I. And so yeah. we can do whatever we want to do in our house. Yeah. And yeah. Not to be concerned about anybody. Who is in there knocking on the door, any of that? So we get to enjoy each other to its fullest. And I want to get what I want to do is get the best out of this man while I'm married to him. Yeah. I I, I don't want him to I don't want to withhold him from anything that God has for him. And so I want to get the best out of him. I want to squeeze all of the juice out of him that I can get the benefits of being a married woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he does that. We do the same thing for each other. We are constantly pushing each other that, come on, you can do better than this. You know, that was not good. Or even when he preached or he's doing something, I say, you know, you really could have done better. And so I'm his biggest cheerleader, yet I'm the person that's going to tell him the truth when everybody else is building him up. And I like that. Holding, thinking. holding him, holding him and holding her accountable, accountable. for being right. the best version, mm-hmm. which, which is different from nitpicking. And being right, you know, 
you are listening to uh, Bishop and Lady Herman <laughs> from North Carolina. They're my personal friends, and um, yes. we're all getting together. We're doing something for End Your Year Strong called Married to Power. And yes. um, we want you to be there. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the how-to. We're going to actually drill down into some sensitive, sensitive areas mm-hmm. um, that needs to be brought to the fore. Um and what we're doing right now is just having a conversation, inviting you to be a part of that conversation. But if you want to get more, those of you that want to be married um, and you're single, you need to be a part of this. Those of you that are married and even those of you that are on the verge of divorce or have divorced, I, I think uh, mm-hmm. relationship is uh, should be front and center um, stage in any conversation because, you know, some of our greatest joys uh, a void is a result of relationship and some of our greatest pains, some of our greatest yes. highs and some of our greatest lows. But you cannot get more intimate in a relationship than than with a husband and wife. How has God made a difference in your marriage? I mean, is there is there a difference between those that uh, are, say, don't have God or are not Christians? And is there a difference with someone that has God at, at, at the center of their personal lives and in the center of their marriage. Is there a difference? I absolutely mm-hmm. think that there is because you can reach the apex of humanity. In other words, you know, I've done everything I know to do. I've mm-hmm. said everything I know to say. In fact, there's nothing left. And that's when you can draw upon the greater one that's in you that gives you that added momentum, that added impetus to keep on going. For example, I mentioned the word forgiveness. Okay, you can forgive naturally, but then you reach a place where you say, you know, I'm tired of it. But then you can call on the greater one and his forgiveness so far exceeds everything else that you and I and our greatest intelligence could ever manufacture. So, yes. Jesus is the glue that keeps us together. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm in total agreement with that because see, when we got married, whether we were saved or not, it was a covenant with um, whether we were born again or saved or not, God was present. It was three people that was there, not counting the pastor or the person that married you. And that was you, your spouse and God, because it's a covenant that we got involved in with heaven. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, we, and I believe that's what has kept our marriage together is that when some of those hard times came, we had to go to God and say, God, this man or this woman, help us to resolve this issue. Because you can become very selfish in your relationship that you say, well, I said I was sorry the last time. It's your time to say you apologize, and I'm not going to apologize anymore. And that's when you have to go to God and ask God to help you because it's just the nature of us as humans to not want to forgive all the time. Yeah, that's true. It's just yeah. the nature of us. So what we had to go to God and help for him to help. He wasn't too good on asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had to work. You know, that's the truth, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is what keeps it together. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and then you're mad, not only you man that person, but you man the culture of that person as well. And yep. so his culture and my culture was entirely different. And so we had to figure out how could we make this thing work? Because I wanted things this way because it's how I was raised and he wanted it that way. And then we had to come up with our own tradition, yeah, our own yeah. ways of how we wanted our marriage to be and how I felt it to be. Probably not the way our parents did it, but how we wanted it to be for ours, for us. 
Right. Yeah, you, the, exactly. the uniqueness of your relationship. I think a lot of people are looking for one size fit all, but no. you know, uh, I, you know, the the whole idea of uh, cultures and mm-hmm. capacity and communication; these are all contributing factors. Yes. Um, so when you know when when people are saying you know my marriage is not working. Um, and I need help with my marriage. A lot of times they're thinking of one unit when you've got all these different types of components. And that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about. Right. Um, You're strong, the components of marriage. Well, God bless. It's been fabulous, guys. Looking forward to thank you for having us. The privilege and pleasure has been ours. We say thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. Thank you. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.